everybody, and welcome back to the Four Star Podcast. I'm your host, Jordan DuPont, joined as always by Nick Nicole and Andrew Freeman. Uh, Tig had a last minute emergency and had to take the evening off. Uh, we're just going to jump right in here, um, start talking about the Cubs a little bit. Uh, this episode, we're not going to really get into specifics because none of the specifics for anything have been any good, and it's just going to be the same stuff that we've been talking about for the last <laughs> few weeks. So this is going to be a, a kind of more bigger picture episode. Uh, to recap, the Cubs lost two out of three against the Pirates, who it should have been an easy series to win. Uh, did come back and sweep the Rockies, but then I just got the notification on my phone literally 30 seconds before we restarted started recording here that they blew a six-run lead against the Braves and lost seven to six. So, woohoo! Um, with all that being said, again, we're going to kind of focus on the bigger picture. We have two series left before the playoffs start. And they're not going to be easy ones. Again, we have the Braves, who are the best team in baseball right now, and the Brewers, who are, I think, the third best team in the National League and have been well, uh, tearing it up a little bit. Well, look, the silver lining here is uh, for that last series, since we lost today, I believe that means the Brewers clinched the division, which yes. means they have nothing to play for. I don't. They can't catch... <clears throat> Who, yeah, they're they're at yeah. 88 wins. I know the Braves are now at 101, yeah. and I think the Dodgers are Dodgers at are 96. Like 96. 96, yeah. So yeah, they're not they're not so, going to catch them. So. so they have nothing to play for, which is good for the Cubs because the Cubs are going to have well something to play for. So I mean, they're Hopefully. yeah, <laughs> we hope so. We hope so. So maybe you know we miss Brandon Woodruff or. Uh, I, I don't know what they're, where their rotation is at right now. Who's the other? Corbin Burns. Corbin How did Burns, I forget yeah. Corbin Burns? But, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. But hope maybe they start resting guys, you know, prepare them for the playoffs. That will really help the Cubs if it comes down to one of those last three games. Well, the big problem for us is we do not hold the tiebreaker with any of the other teams that feasibly have a chance at uh, getting that last wild card spot. Um, this is true. It'd be the, the Reds, the Diamondbacks, and the Marlins. I do we know... not have the tiebreaker on the Reds? Nope. Oh. We do not hold any of the tiebreakers. We oh, literally that's... just need to have the better record. That's that's fantastic. That's good to Yeah. That's good. <laughs> yeah. So I'm I'm a little nervous. I mean, today was probably our best shot at winning a game against the Braves because we had Justin Steele on the mound, but he fell apart in the sixth inning, gave up three runs, and then Jose Quas came in and gave up another one or two. And uh yeah, Braves scored again in the bottom of the eighth and Cubs lose. That's, I mean, uh, bare sorry, minimum, they they gotta <laughs> bare minimum they gotta win both of these last two series. But I don't know, it's, Braves is gonna be tough considering Brewers everything going on right now. And then the Brewers, oh, like I mean, you hope that the Brewers, like Nick said, like, you hope it's a case where they're resting guys, getting ready for the playoffs, and they just have nothing to play for. I mean, where the, where the Cubs at in the wild card right now? Because last I checked, they were in the third spot. They so they are, uh, they are in the third spot. They are a half game up on Miami right now. So okay. I, my guess is yeah. Miami hasn't played yet. If Miami wins, Miami I, would jump them since Miami has the tiebreaker. I believe Miami got rained out. The Diamondbacks are technically a half game ahead of us right now, yep. but they're beating the White Sox twelve to four. And that's going to be an easy rollover series if the D backs don't sweep the White Sox. Something's wrong with this world. Uh Padres Giants is kind of a nice series because I think one of their uh it'd be the Padres elimination number is one. The Giants elimination number is two. 
So if the Padres win the series two games to one, they literally just took each other out of the playoffs. Um, Reds beat Cleveland 11 to seven. And again, that's another one. Reds should have no problem with the Guardians. And I'm looking here. Yeah, Marlins are <laughs> Marlins are playing the Mets and that got postponed. So, I mean, it, our problem is we're facing two of the toughest teams in the league and all three of the other teams that we need to kind of fall apart right now have super easy opponents. Look, like I said, I don't know if I said this on the podcast last week or if it was just in conversations I had with people, but, you know, what at the beginning of the season, we most Cubs fans that their reasonable expectation was meaningful games in September. We are in late September. The games are very meaningful, but man, if they miss the playoffs at this point, it's going to feel it's so disappointing. It's all those really close hurt. losses, all those one run losses at the beginning of the year, all those wasted at bats that we gave to Eric Hosmer, Trey Mancini. Um, who was the, who was the catcher that got De- Luis Torrens, um, Barnard, Barnard uh, all those wasted roster spots. Like it's going to come down. It's going to come down to that. And we can point to that. We can point to all the, you know, all the pitchers with like ERAs over six that the Cubs made look like Cy Young candidates. It's going to be so many missed opportunities. I mean, that's just baseball sometimes, but it's going to feel so disappointing when really, if I think if the front office made a more concerted effort to go for it this year, they would have had the division locked up two weeks ago. I do want to say uh shout out to miles Mastroboni, which or that's a set of words I never thought would come out of my mouth. But uh, in the second inning, he uh, had an RBI single and that put his stats up since coming back up to the, to the big club at nine for 17 hitting over 500. So he's actually taking this opportunity and running with it. His batting average is almost up to 250 on the year. And I know it's not a huge sample size, but he really has turned it around. I just, if we were going through at bats that we shouldn't have been giving people early in the year, I wanted to give him a little credit because I know we harped on him very early in the season because he was doing bad, but really has turned it around. And he's actually had some meaningful at bats in September that have been positive, <laughs> meaningful at bats. So I just want to give him a little bit of credit. Um, I, I was trying to check. I don't think the Braves have released their pitcher for tomorrow. I know we got Tyone. Um, yeah, they're about to clinch the. Um, they're about to clinch the one seed. So maybe, may, maybe. Oh yeah, because the best the Dodgers can do, if if the Dodgers lose tonight, the best they can do is tie the Braves. I'm not sure who holds the tiebreaker there. That but, that would very much help us too. If yeah. the Dodgers lose tonight, you know, maybe, maybe they're waiting to see. Okay, do we need to put a big gun out there tomorrow to just get the right, get the regular start? Yeah. yeah. I really hope we can do just pull a rabbit out of our hat here. I mean, it. that's the thing with this team is like we have these really good stretches and really bad stretches, but I think if you get down to it and apply some pressure, I mean, look at what Seiya Suzuki's been doing lately. Um, it, it seems like other than our pitching staff, the bats actually, when you apply some pressure to them, they, they do perform. And – Again, we won the season, or excuse me, we we won the series earlier in the season against the Braves. We won the series earlier in the season against the Dodgers. This team can beat anybody if we can make it to the playoffs. And so I'm not saying we're going to the World Series if we can clinch that wild card spot, but the games would at least be fun and interesting. And I don't think we get blown out. 
which is why I'm going to be really disappointed if we can't even sneak into the wild card here. I mean, they still have the third best run differential in the National League. Right. So <laughs> that's generally more indicative of a team's play than their individual record. Man, I don't know how the Brewers keep constantly doing this. They always have this like middle of the road run differential at best and they constantly overperform. It's so it's so they annoying. Getting away it's, with the, it. They, the they can't be getting away with it. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah, they're the Vikings of the MLB. Oh man. It's nuts. I mean yeah. If there's anything we learned this year though is that this team makes literally zero sense. Yep. And for all we know they're gonna sweep out for the rest of the season and, and get their way in. That's just Every single time you expect them to to win, they lose. Every time you expect them to lose, they win. It's just it's a roller coaster with this it group. Really is. It really is. I I am looking forward to next year. I'm hoping. I, I mean, there's been a lot of trade rumors going around that the Padres are looking to blow it all up. Uh, I saw on Twitter. I really need to get better at remembering who says these things. But somebody on Twitter said a likely trade scenario for Juan Soto, you would have to take Matt Carpenter and Jake Cronenworth along with Soto. And I'm like, did they extend Soto? Because he should, if they didn't, he probably only has a year left on his deal. That seems high to me. I don't think they extended Soto. I don't think Cubs next year, you know, with how close they are, they have to be aggressive next year. Also, I don't know if Soto's that much of a fit. I think we're fine on outfield slash DH. I think you really need like that that corner infield or like that top tier starting pitcher. I think I would make that a priority over Soto as much as I do like Juan Soto. And Shohei is not going back to the Angels. There is no no way in. I mean, he's basically even come out and said it. I mean, your top two priorities are Shohei and resigning Bellinger, and then everything else after that is kind of falls into place. But I mean, we can get to that. Well, let's let's get to day. let's see if we make the playoffs first before yeah. we start talking yeah. about the offseason, right. First. We still got the yeah. playoffs, so let's let's stay positive, guys. I just I just yeah. love how like the we have Cubs to talk about been... the Bears next. Let's try to be a little bit positive <laughs> yeah. before we get to that. Uh, I just love how the Cubs are already running the oh, secure your postseason tickets. It's like man, it, better you are <laughs> so close to not even having that. Like, what are we what are we doing? But it, I don't know. I, you got to do what you got to do. It's a business in the end, so yeah. I get it, but uh, yeah, I don't know. Is there anything else we really need to talk about with the Cubs? It's no, this I think, has been I a think slide that we were not expecting. Let's let's get this over with. <laughs> All right, uh, so that'll be it on the Cubs again. Like I mentioned, uh, we have two more games in Atlanta and then three games in Milwaukee, and that's the season, folks. So. Hopefully, we'll be doing a postseason preview next week and not a not a wrap up and I look forward to next season, but uh, we'll definitely be watching very closely and I'm sure one way or the other, we'll be screaming about something. So (laughs) uh, with that being said, we're going to move on to the bears. Like I said, at the top of the show, I mean, there is no point in digging into what is wrong with this team. It's the same stuff that's been wrong with this team. They got their asses handed to them on national television in the afternoon slot on Fox against the chiefs, 41 to 10. I didn't think God I had a baby shower to go to shout out Chris and Victoria. Congratulations. But thank God you guys had this baby shower, the baby shower. I had to be there at one o'clock and the game started at one 30. I did not see a minute of it and I could not be more happy because it was, it, we didn't even score until the fourth quarter, right? At halftime. Yep. At halftime, I reached the point of just 
complete apathy. I just don't, it, it stopped hurting. And I just kind of wanted the chiefs <laughs> to run up the score and make it look as bad as possible. Put up and they, they, they put the, they put in Blaine Gabbert, which I, I get, but like, come on, keep Mahomes in there and put up 70. I don't care <laughs> on this team. This team deserves it. I mean, the, the TV broadcast, like half the shots were of Taylor Swift <laughs> celebrating the at the most game. Most exciting thing going on. I mean, yeah, it's not a football game. It's a slaughter. It, I mean, I saw a great, uh, this was going around, but it was like uh, someone, I forget who said this, but they related to, this was like the high school game where you have homecoming and you intentionally schedule a bad team <laughs> so that you can uh, bring your hot girlfriend who everyone thinks that you didn't have a chance at to the game to yeah. cheer for you. That's yeah, exactly th- what it was. It, it's exactly what, it, what it felt like. It felt like when Alabama schedules like no disrespect to, I don't know, like Western Michigan or Northern Illinois, like one of those yep. schools, like one of those uh, group of five schools that just has no shot, you know? Yep. And they, hey, yeah, come up, come down to Tuscaloosa. We'll show you a good time. And we'll pay you some money to come we'll, here. We'll pay you the money and then put 50 on you by halftime. Yep. Yeah. It, <clears throat> it, I, I saw a clip from uh, Barstool Chicago um, and they were talking about it. Like, we literally were the worst team in the league last year. We had the number one overall pick. And somehow it feels like we're worse than we, we were last year. We are worse. We are worse than we with were an last improved year. roster. Which doesn't make any sense. It makes sense if you recognize that the coaching is um, atrocious, dog shit. Well, dog and that's, shit. A, that's another thing I wanted to get to is like it meant Eberflus. You cannot be coming out and saying like, "Yeah, this locker room's still tight. We're still working. We're still where we've it's, been in your system for two years, and it's gotten worse." Where's he the has the intensity. worst record out of any of the coaches we've had in the last since Lovey Smith. It's Trespin. Matt Nagy's the only one with a winning record, and he got lucky with that 2018 defense. I mean, it's something needs to happen. I I haven't heard anything from Kevin Warren or Ryan Poles about the performance of the team. There's no accountability happening right now. It's just, we're going to get better. Just be along for the ride. It'll be okay. It's like, no, I want off of this right now. <laughs> I mean, we can get to all the drama that happened this week because that's yeah, let's get to the drama. Story. Oh, I didn't but, like, think the only thing you heard, heard from like Ryan Paul's was that he had that press conference on, I think it was on Thursday, where he said, like, no one's panicking the building. And when you have to, when your GM has to say that no one's panicking, that means everyone's panicking. Everything's fine, guys. Everything's it's, fine. Don't worry, exactly we're not panicking. That. I'm not panicking. Are you panicking? I'm not panicking. Are you panicking? I'm not. And that's like this, like this is, I I have not seen a season go off the rails as quickly as this one has. Less than say, one second. a month, less than a month ago, we were all talking. We were all optimist about this. We all did our predictions. We all yeah. had them around like five hundred, and now they may be <laughs> current state of the Bears at Hallis Hall. Yes, this is fine. This is fine. fine. This is thing's fine. fine. And like now they're like I I don't know what you guys, but I'm already doing like my mock drafts getting get those started up and just like thinking about how if they can get the first two picks in the draft next year because carolina looks like they're going to be really bad too See, you know I can't, we have a 38 percent chance of getting the first overall pick next year between us and carolina it's yep. atrocious we are three point underdogs against a team that just lost 70 to 20 yeah, I, yeah, we can't do that. I just saw the lines before. At home. I mean, but, it's oh god, I yeah. It 
it's I, I'm feeling Nick's Nick's supposed to be the old man yells at cloud guy in this group, and I no. am He's totally at this point. He's no man. I told you I have reached the point of apathy. I just don't care anymore. I refuse for this team to give me an opportunity. I, I won't let this team give me an opportunity to get invested again in care. I can't get invested. I can't get excited about a quarterback prospect ever again. After we did that to Justin no. Fields, are you kidding me? Like, do you think I do you think I care if we get Caleb Williams? Do you think I care if we pair him up with Marvin Harrison Jr.? No, because you know what we're gonna do after we fire Eberflus? We're gonna bring in Matt Canada as the head coach and then bring in Brian Ferentz as the OC because that's what the Bears freaking do. So I'm done. No, I'm gonna sit here, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be calm, and I'm gonna be apathetic. I do not care. Everyone can it's too early to drop the F bomb in the show, but everyone can fuck off. <laughs> well, speaking of that, let's get into the drama of this week because yeah, that was even a bigger story than anything than the actual game. The game of in and of itself was bad, but everything that went down at Hallis Hall this week was just I don't even know how to describe it. Insanity. Chaos. <laughs> Do we want to start with uh Justin calling out the coaches and then taking yeah. it back? Uh the left tackle going on IR or whatever the hell happened with the defensive coordinator let's get the injuries out of the way first yeah. i think that's the easiest thing to do yeah. so i mean we did get some news so braxton jones obviously did not play in uh, week three against the chiefs because he's uh on injury reserve with a neck injury um so i don't know if that's going to be season ending or not it doesn't sound like it is but braxton jones i heard, I heard four weeks or is that just the minimum that's the that's, that's the minimum yeah. for ir okay. It. So it could be longer than that. Um, it could just be four weeks. We don't know. Um, so, yeah, Braxton Jones, another injury to the offensive line, which like, the offensive line just been musical chairs yeah. all off season going into the season. Like we're getting – I guess the only positive news to that is like Tevin Jenkins. It sounds like he's getting closer to getting back. But who knows? He may get injured just getting out of the shower one day. I mean, that's just – you can't rely on Tevin Jenkins at this point to stay on the football field. Um but yeah, Braxton Jones. I mean, that's a pretty pretty significant loss. Like Larry Borm, I thought he looked fine um, against the Chiefs for for what it's worth. But Braxton Jones, this is a big year for him, and it, it kind of stinks. I thought he was outside of like some penalties and stuff like that. I thought he was doing some nice yeah. things out there. Looked a little bit better in pass pro. Sucks for him because this is a big year for him. Yeah, yeah, he yeah he looked good. I mean, he took some really bad penalties at really bad times, really bad. but. That's um, correctable, though. Yeah, it is correctable. And other than that, like his pass protection was pretty good. He's probably the best pra- pass protector on the team. I mean, yep, I know you I'd do say your, so. You do your track in the trenches on thebearreport.com. Go check that out. Go check that out. Shameless self promotion. <laughs> it's not a self promotion <laughs> if I'm the one doing it. You're related. It's close enough. That's fair. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> it's all in the family. <laughs> Uh, who else did we have hurt? Because it was basically a freaking CVS receipt. Um, Eddie Jackson, he, he's uh, yeah, he's not injured reserve, but he's injured. He missed the game. Uh, I'm trying to think of Tyreek Stevenson, Tyre Stevenson got concussed and a penalty yep. on the same play. <laughs> Brisker got, got Brisker got hurt during the game. Which, by the way, all all Jaquan Brisker does is uh, talk trash and get hurt. He does nothing else well on the football field, for, it seems like, from what I've seen out there. Just, oh, my gosh. Dude, stop talking. You're not playing well and you're getting hurt every game. Just stop. Uh, Kyler Gordon's still hurt, right? Still hurt, still on IR. Yeah, there's a lot of injuries. Justin and, Fields, yep, I heard, hand. got hurt in the game. Yeah, that that pissed me off during the game. The fact that he was – Yeah, he clearly had a spell 
Yeah. They, I mean, yeah. that's, that's one of those 1980s, like you get your bell rung and the coaching staff's like, Oh, don't care. Go out there and play. Like I just, DJ I, Moore was literally like pushing him off the field. Yep. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like he's, he's not in the concussion report or anything, but like it just, at that point in the game, like why just like, why after what you it? saw with Tua last year, like why would you even risk it? Especially in this just blowout game when he's not right. even playing well anyway. We need to fire everybody. It's yeah. this is just right. let's let's go to the other drama though. Yeah, let's get let's get into it. Andrew, do you want to take this or uh... Let's, uh, let's start with let's do the Justin Fields. So Justin okay. Fields on Wednesday. Speaking of Justin Fields, um, so he had some interesting comments to the media, and this was this came after like I think in the in the post game comments against Tampa, Matt Eberflus made some comments and we basically said like on that screen pass if we all remember. Yeah where Eberflus was basically like, you know, Justin Fields, you know, we felt like that was an execution problem, not a, not a play call problem. And Justin Fields has the ability to change the play call if he doesn't like the look, basically pointing at, like, it's not the play caller. Getsy being a dummy for calling three sc- straight screens in the goal line. It's just – No, 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 not, not three straight screens. The same the screen same three screen. times in a row. Three times just want to row. clarify, but continue. Yeah. <laughs> and all that. And then uh, Justin Fields asked about his play on Wednesday. Um you know, it, it was taken a bit out of context, I will say, mm-hmm. um, and, and on social media, which is what, you know, social media does, can do sometimes. But when he was asked, like, what's the issue with your play so far? He did say, like, coaching. Mm-hmm. And then he elaborated and basically said that, like, he's thinking too much out there. Uh, he's getting, you know, over overanalyzing, maybe too much information. But he did say coaching was a factor in why his play has been bad so far. And he, and he mentioned that he wanted to play a little bit more free, which I mean, if that's Justin Fields playing more free, I mean, that doesn't really look very yeah. good, promising. Um, but yeah, so that w- created a while of a firestorm on Twitter, obviously, because that's what bears Twitter does. And, you know, Justin Fields did walk back his comments. He did call the, the media back to kind of clarify those and basically said it was taken out of context but the, my takeaway on here is that, like, they can do all the Luke Getze and Justin Fields hug videos at practice that they want to do. There's clearly a disconnect between the play caller yeah. and the quarterback. I, I think clearly. you said you said the comments were taken out of context, which they kind of were. But I, I think they're part of the reason it also went so viral is that he just – it sounded like he was saying what we can all obviously see, that they are trying to coach the instinct out of him. Like, we're not seeing the – like, last year, last year during that stretch when he was playing well, when he saw an opportunity to run, he went for it. Now I know he doesn't necessarily want to do that all the time. And that's what yeah. they're trying to work on, but he's very clearly like being coached to stay in the pocket. And like, he's forcing himself to stay in and go through his progressions and it's just not working. So it's, I, if I may, I do have a quote from Matt Eberflus uh, that was shared in a bleacher nation article this morning. And it, it pissed me off so much. I screenshotted it. I don't know if you can actually see there. I literally screenshotted this whole thing so that I could share it. Uh, so this is Eberflus after the game Sunday, if I remember correctly. But, yeah, he's been doing it, right? He's been doing it in terms of the work, and now we're going to see the fruits of the labor. He's just got to keep doing the things, the platform, the rhythm and timing, the things we've been discussing. I thought we did a good job in moving him out of the pocket yesterday. Had a couple quarterback design runs, couple run pass options, took those shots down the field. I thought those were really good. We got to capitalize on those. He did some things in Sunday's game, okay, that looked how we wanted it to look. It's getting better. The fuck you mean it's getting better? You didn't score until the fourth quarter. Like, 
coaching. I mean, technically, if you want to coaching. evaluate Justin Fields' performance, he did play better than he did week one. He did one play two, better, but, but it's it not still... good. It's still not good. And I mean, look, I mean, they did try to implement the quarterback run game more. Like you look at all their run plays to start the game, they were all quarterback option plays, and the Chiefs were sitting on it. They weren't letting Justin Fields keep it on those plays. That's basically what was going on. Yeah. So I guess you can credit Getsy for trying to get Justin Fields involved more on the run and, and get him moving and stuff like that. At the end of the day, though, if you can't win in the pocket, if you can't go through progressions, like you're not, you're just not going to win in this league. Yeah. It just, it's not, they don't have a functional passing game. And some of that is Getsy with his play calling. And some of that is also Justin Fields just can't read a defense right now. It's all bad. You also can't all really lean on the run game when your defense has you down four scores early yeah because you don't have a deep we, we, we don't even have a defensive coordinator well, right you, now we didn't even touch on that yet you yeah. can't rely on your run game or your passing game if your offensive line is made of swiss cheese and tissue paper that's been left out in the rain i mean it it's all bad it's, it's, all, it's, all, it's bad. all crap it's all bad all of this stuff was supposed to be addressed in the off season, and we were told it was addressed in the off season, and it's worse it is somehow yep. worse you went out and you got guys that are supposed to fit your defensive scheme and the defense is worse than last year. You go out and get guys that you like on your offensive line and the offensive line is worse than last year. It's just, I don't, it, it is incomprehensible how we have reached this point. Yep. Yeah. And we can talk more about that. Let's get to the last bit of news yeah. that happened this yeah. week before we get to some other big picture stuff. So the last thing that happened on Wednesday, by the way, all the stuff we talked about like Braxton Jones, Justin Fields, and then now the resignation of this was all before the game. <laughs> this all happened on Wednesday. It all happened in one day, people. Like I, I, I can't. On Ryan Pulse's birthday, no less. On Ryan Pulse's birthday, what a great birthday that must have been to go through all of this. You have the, the oh, PR nightmare God. of your quarterback allegedly calling out your coach in the media, and then you have the whole Allen Williams situation where you have rumors about the feds being at Hallis Hall. You have the rumors about the feds raiding. Al Williams' house. You had you had Peanut Tillman go having a heart to heart with Matt Eberflus, <laughs> who was crying through it, <laughs> which all turned out to be BS, of course. So, to recap things here, so Alan Williams, we know that he resigned um, as defensive coordinator for the Chicago Bears um, on Wednesday, and this was labeled as a personal issue. I do use quotation marks because is is definitely not your typical a personal shady situation. Issue. It's a shady situation, but he's been out ever since the, after the, the Packers game, he's been away from the team because of a personal issue. Um, and we haven't really gotten any details about that from the bears. They're very, very quiet on this. Well, on Wednesday, we started to hear some rumors and I did hear some rumors and I did share that with you guys. I'm not going to get into no. what they specifically were because I think, you know, could some of it be true? Maybe, but is it, are we going to hear much? Misty <clears throat> stop. At, at this point, I doubt what you told me is true. I doubt. Yeah, I, I'm feeling the same way. But clearly, yeah. there was there's more. There was going something. On there's there's more than what the Bears are letting on. But the let's just say the most salacious rumors that you may have heard if you were on Twitter, Bears yeah. Twitter, at any point on Wednesday, seems like those aren't true. Seems like those aren't. Well, true. I, I think we can because so many people on Twitter put those rumors out there. I think we can say what they. No, I would rather not. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean, look, this all started with. Uh, Bill Bill Zimmerman um, tweeted out there that you know Alan Williams, he was in a situation 
that had nothing to do with his coaching or performance at his job and that he wouldn't be a part of the Bears um, again because of what was going on. And that started a whole bunch of other stuff going down. There's a bunch of drama, like what's going on here. Um, and we eventually get, I forget who tweeted it out, um, and these both turned out to be BS. But we get the tweets that Hales uh, Hall was raided by the FBI <laughs> and that Ellen Williams' home was raided by the FBI as well. And I think that it was caused... sports mockery that put that out first. No, it wasn't. It was some other guy. Um, I think he's yeah. a local local. Yeah, podcast. he's a uh, yeah. Yeah, no, it, it was sports mockery. They are a Chicago Twitter account. No, but they got that from. They got that from. That, oh, it didn't they, start with them. They got, got it. it from yeah, whatever dude. It was, we don't have to credit him. We I'm don't, not going to credit him because they're, they're. Let's not BS. give him. Clap. I'm not going to give him because they're BS. They were BS, and he was the guy who also did the BS Charles Tillman. <laughs> rumors which right well and that's why i'm but, saying it like Ibra hey don't was crying take was everything crying. with a grain of yeah. salt you know yeah. from from that individual but anyway but anyway you had all that that firestorm going on on bears twitter about the alley one situation you have a bunch of other guys that are connected in, um on nfl twitter basically saying that the alien situation from what they're hearing isn't good either um guys like brad spielberger um at pff uh brett coleman um you know they were all kind of alluding to it that that what they were hearing was that it didn't sound very good. So eventually, Ellen Williams he resigns uh, from his position as defensive coordinator. Um, I mean, how's I mean, and the Bears say it's a personal issue. But here's why why I knew right away that I mean, outside of the fact that I was hearing some things, but here's how I knew right away that that the whole personal issue thing was BS. Is because first of all, in their official statement on. Uh, his resignation. The Bears did a one sentence. Al Williams has resigned as uh, defensive coordinator of the Chicago Bears. Like, you, if it was a true personal issue, didn't want to thank him for his time here. He didn't want to wish him well. If it's a health and family issue, which is what the resignation letter said, like that was the first. That should be the first red flag that there's more to the story here than just he's stepping away because of health and family, and then. Throughout the next couple of days, anytime a coaching staff member was asked about Alan Williams, again, no one's like saying anything in terms of like thanking him for his time or wishing him well. It's just basically like, yeah, we're moving on to Kansas City. We're not talking about Alan Williams. So that was the other thing. And then on Sunday, eventually gets revealed uh, that the Alan Williams situation resigned because of a issue um, where there was inappropriate um, conduct and HR is involved. Yeah. So that's a lot, obviously, yeah. to go down in one week. And to be clear, we don't know the nature of whatever this We don't know. Yeah. We don't know. And the Bears are being quiet about it, which to a degree I get. It could be part of like some sort of settlement with him, or maybe they want to protect other individuals involved. Yeah. Um, but yeah. It's I'm it's sure we're not... gonna get, we're gonna hear more throughout the next couple yeah. weeks, I'm sure, about it, but it's not a good look especially with everything else going on to start the year. And on top of all that, like two days later, uh, the bears had like a hundred thousand dollars in uh, equipment stolen from soldier field. I forgot about that too. <laughs> oh my God. It's like, yeah. Mowers and like, broke into soldier team, field and sold all that stuff. It's just, we, we I mean, anything it. that could go wrong has gone wrong for this team this year. It's incredible. It's incredible. The, the, the absolute just dumpster fire. I do want to say, 
ladies, Nick and I are both single. If we are this dedicated to a sports franchise that is this terrible, we will be dedicated to you. Go find yourself a man that's a Bears fan or Cubs fan. or We, we will be loyal. We will be loyal until the end. You have no idea. It will literally kill us. Yeah, I mean, this is this is one of those weeks where you really have to question things as a fan. Seriously, yeah, our this sanity, is, management sanity. I had never, I never so thought far. it would reach Mark Tresman levels of bad again. But we're and here. here we are. We're here in week what, three, five, six years. When did I mean, even been, almost ten years, almost so, ten years, almost ten years, and even like that season, at least like the year before, they had some success <clears> and they had a really fun offense in twenty thirteen. And even in 2014, it, it like it took half the year before things went off the rails. Like this went off the ra- rails in like in week two and a half. Literally in week one, in the first half of week one, it, this thing went off the rails. Just incredible. I, I've never seen an NFL team just completely just fall apart so quickly. Well, I think uh, at all I think we should move on. Obviously, this is not going to get better this year. I think we can all see the bigger picture. This is not going to get any better. They're going to blow it all up. Um, Just a quick yes or no question. Do we retain Ryan Poles? I say yes. Give him another year or two to – because he set up the draft and everything. What do you guys think? Nick, you can go ahead first. I don't know. I don't care. Fire him. Keep him on for another year. Whatever Kevin Warren wants to do. It's his guy. He wants That's, to fire him and bring yeah. in his guy and do it. You know, I mean, look. I, it, it would be – I think it would be an – God, I, I cannot believe I'm saying this about the Bears. But it would be an attractive position if, like, Kevin Warren decided to clean house and was yeah. like, hey, we have all of this draft capital. We have probably the number one overall pick. If not yep. the number one, I'll pick number two. It's very likely you get one of uh, Caleb Williams or Drake May. Uh, so that would be it would make Chicago potentially a, you got a ton of draft capital, mm-hmm. a you lot of cap more, space. Sure. GM would have a lot to play with here, but you know, I don't know. I don't care. I just know we just need we we can't bring Clues back. <coughs> I don't think we can. We can't bring Justin back and give him like what is like third or fourth coaching staff and third yeah, coaching no. staff in four years. No, it's just it's it's done. Yeah, I mean. Look, for Ryan Poles, like I lean towards just cleaning house altogether and letting Kevin Warren get his own guy because he's like the one guy in the building that I actually like somewhat trust uh, as long as he's the one making decisions and that George is completely out of it. Like I don't want – by the way, like if they fire Flus and they, they completely clean house with Poles and Flus and all that stuff and they get another search committee again, I am going to just – I don't know what I'll do because the whole reason we're stuck in this mess is because they had that stupid search team led by Bill Polian, who hasn't been relevant in the NFL in 20 years. Like the last time Bill Polian was relevant at all in NFL discussions was when he was talking about Lamar Jackson having to switch to running back wide receiver coming out of the draft. And that tells you all you need to know about Bill Polian, the fact that he thinks any running quarterback can't play quarterback. So, yeah, I mean, we do know that, Flus in that whole system is it, it, there's no way they keep them. No, I think yeah, loose loose. So. There's no way. Poles. <clears throat> I mean, look, has he done a good job of, of resetting the cupboard, so to speak, in terms of draft picks and, and cap space? Yes, but from the resources that he has had to use, what has he truly done so far? Like the only like 
truly positive move that I can think of is the DJ Moore trade. Uh, we're trading down. You got DJ Moore and Darnell right out of it. That's a great move. Like objectively, that is a fantastic move. But like, who else has he brought in that you can say has been a true difference maker on this roster? Like Tremaine Emmons, the linebackers they brought in this wow. offseason okay. have been done nothing See, for you so far. That's the thing for me though, is he brought those guys in because they were a scheme fit for Eberflus's defense. How about I understand give... that, but there's a talent. Well, no, no, but I, I'm saying that as well let him carry out his vision instead of having to abide by what his coach is scheming for. Yeah. But that's always going to be the case. Every GM is going to have, is going to follow like the head coach has a lot of pull with the roster decisions. Um, Well, I don't know. I just, I feel like Ryan polls, like I just, I don't trust the talent evaluation. What is, what has he done to really add talent to this roster? Like I said before, like you look at his draft record right now, like that first draft, Kyle Gordon, I think Kyle Gordon can be good, but he's hurt right now. We'll see. Jaquan Brisker has been looked like a really underwhelming second round pick. I think he's a fine player, but like George Pickens was available, and you know, like would would have much rather have had George Pickens than Jaquan Brisker right now, especially since Pickens means no Chase Claypool trade, which. Chase Claypool trade, just awful, awful, awful trade, and it's planning out this year. Um, you know, who's the impact guy they brought on the defensive line? They've, they beefed up that unit with a bunch of day two picks, bunch of free agent signings. None of those guys have been impactful. Um, you know, I'm trying to trying to think what else here. Like the Vils Jones pick in the third round, just complete disaster. <clears throat> like, I don't know, just – I like the overall strategy he's had, but I just question, I question the talent evaluation part of this. Yeah. I mean, that's all kind of stuff we've been harping over. I, yeah. And so like when you're making a decision of do we keep polls or not, like, I don't know. Do I trust, like he's done a great job of, of resetting things, but do I trust him to build around the next bears court? Because that's what you have to think about here because look, Justin Fields, I love the guy. I was a huge fan of him coming out of college. I thought he was going to be the dude, and he clearly isn't, which sucks. Like, I can't emphasize enough that it sucks that Justin Fields isn't the guy for the Bears because I we all thought he was going to be that. But at this point, your mindset right now, if you're George McCaskey, if you're Kevin Warren, has to be, do I trust Ryan Poles to be the GM that can build – a winning roster around the next quarterback here. Do I trust him to get the next quarterback pick right? And if your answer, if you have any questions about that, then you have to fire him. If you have any questions about his ability to build a roster around your next quarterback, I'm sorry, you're done. Bringing somebody else in because, like Nick said, they have a great they have a great selling point to make here, right? Because you got two first round picks that are probably going to be high first round picks. You got the most cap space in the NFL next season. You know, you can get whatever coach you want to get to come in here. Like it can be an attractive position here and you get to pick your coach and your quarterback. Like not many jobs can, can make that offer to you, especially in a big market like Chicago. Yeah. I think we're going to have uh, some tough decisions here in the off season, but in the near yeah. term, we got the Broncos coming into town. And again, I, I think I ruined the guess the line game. I'm sorry. No, but, I, had, I had already seen the line. I think okay. it's been going around on Twitter because people are just like shocked that this team gave up 70 and they're favored on the road. How awful are the Bears? Which yeah. they're pretty awful. 
Pretty awful. So uh, we got that to look forward to this Sunday. I'll be at the game, by the way. So oh, I'm sorry. I know. I'm looking Don't not have too looking much forward fun. to it. We'll see what because uh, they'll be serving us breakfast and lunch. So we'll nice. see. We'll see what the Bears got in store for us there. Usually it's nice. You got to give us the full uh, press box report. Give us the full press box report. <laughs> Do my evaluations well, uh, on that. Nick, if you want, I'll let you dig in on the Blackhawks a little bit. And Let's then, do uh, it. The least dysfunctional here. franchise in the city. Which is shocking. <laughs> which is great. I don't know if you guys saw this, but the CHGO Blackhawks <clears throat> guys actually had a banner made that said Blackhawks, least dysfunctional franchise in the city. September, September 2023. Yeah. Uh, it was really funny. Um, anyway, training camp kicked off. Um, and Connor Bedard has been doing Connor Bedard things. He's it, it's there's there's an excitement around this team that is desperately needed. Like they they have a chance to be. You, I, I'm sure you guys remember like the early 2010s when it was just like Blackhawks mania. They were winning cups left and right, and no other team was doing well really. Yeah, I think we're, I think we're <clears throat> starting to see that come back around. Um, so throughout camp, the top line Connor Bedard's line is. He's been centering Taylor Hall and Ryan Donato, who came in um, as a free agent this offseason. Um, that's what they played. Uh, they had a scrimmage yesterday that got a lot of attention. Um, it, it was basically Team Bedard versus Team Reichel. And Reichel is going to be the second-line center, like I mentioned last week. They're moving him to center. This year, he's going to be centering Kershev and Anthony Siu. And um, apparently, great performances from both of them. Bedard and Reichel were the two best players on the ice. They both had two goals. By all accounts, they looked great, which is what you want to see. You really want your young stars looking like stars. And that's, you know, Connor Bedard has been doing Connor Bedard things. Taylor Hall. Taylor Hall has looked good. I also really like that Bedard and Reichel had the goals. Like one of the worries that I think some people had is if you bring in a guy like Taylor Hall, you worry that Connor Bedard might. And we'll see how this plays out in the season because there isn't a whole much that you can gain from scrimmage. But there's like this worry that, you know, he might try to defer to Taylor Hall too much to take the shots rather than, you know, Connor Bedard taking them themselves. But no, Taylor Hall was feeding them and Connor Bedard was shooting and he was, uh, he was scoring. So uh, that's good. Um, only piece of a quick piece of front office news um, associate. I don't know if this was ex- his exact position. I was trying to figure this out. I couldn't tell, but uh, associate GM, Jeff Greenberg, he was like really big. He basically built up uh, the front offices analytics department, um, was hired by the Detroit Tigers actually to be their general manager. So um, that's pretty interesting. But apparently, um, he did a really good job. Like the Blackhawks analytics department is taking really big strides over the past couple of years. A lot of that was his doing, and I think it's a great sign when other professional sports teams uh, poach your guys. So that's a good sign. Um, Jordan, do you have something to say? Or no. Okay, you looked like you had something to say. All right. No, I coughed again. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, All I'll I'm, say is, is that that one clip I saw go around, Connor Bernard looks. Oh my god. Legit. That's all I'll say. Just, I'm just really excited. If you, if you just need like a pick me up, go watch Connor Bernard score. Just, <laughs> just go, just go watch his goals because they're all just beautiful. Um, I'm really except we got preseason games on Thursday against the blues um, in Minnesota against the wild on Sunday on Saturday, and then back at home against Detroit on Sunday. So we'll actually get to see Connor Bedard against some NHL level talent, hopefully, which I'm very excited about. So we'll have your, we'll have recaps for at least some of those games next week. Yeah, I did. Uh, I, I forgot about this when you asked me if I had anything to say, but I so did, did see have something to say. <laughs> I, I, I did. I just forgot it. 
Uh, I did see a report from, I forget who we were interviewing, but they said that one of the things that has impressed but also scared them a little bit about Connor Bedard is that he'll pass way earlier than they're expecting him to because he has such good vision of the ice that he can anticipate where people are going to be and where the puck needs to go. And it's getting there quicker than anybody's anticipating. So he's like, we're having to adjust around that, which great problem to have. If you got a guy that has such good vision on the ice that he can just see everything developing before it happens. But I uh, just thought that was an interesting note. Definitely something to look out for. Help us, Connor Bedard. You're our You're only hope. hope. <laughs> and we're not just talking about Blackhawks fans. No, we we're talking, talking about residents of We're talking Illinois. about the city. <laughs> the entire city. Oh, God. It's it's rough. Yep. Yep. Anyway, anyway that... that'll... Ending on a little bit of a positive note to wrap up all the depressing stuff that's been going on. Um, we didn't even cover half the depressing stuff. No. <laughs> For real. How we don't have time. Been. Yeah. Uh, we actually that, had a whole list of head coaching candidates to go through, and we realized we'll, no, we'll save we'll that for another day. Honestly, after that Bears segment, being able to say Connor Bedard's name was like heroin. It was just... <laughs> <laughs> it's just like well, we got when's when's official opening day for hockey about a month from now uh 10 10 i believe oh wow so a couple of weeks yeah so, uh, in we'll, pittsburgh we'll, against sydney we'll have a little bit ESPN. of a reprieve well, uh, I think it's about time we transition into the 180s. Um, I don't think we did a four stars of the week last week because yeah, we were all just kind of, so pissed off at everybody. We've been kind of <laughs> nobody lacking deserved with, it. We've been kind of lacking with that, and no one has deserved it. So we'll uh, we'll, we'll we'll hopefully get back on that. Soon. We're, we'll we'll do it this week. We're gonna, gonna, we're gonna protest and say no four stars of the week until y'all don't deserve we get it. <laughs> yeah. Well, hey, the, like I said, say has been doing really well. Miles Mastroboni has been doing well. There there are some Cubs players that are deserving. We can throw Connor Bedard back up there for the scrimmage performance. Yeah. We got some options. This is something we didn't think about. We have to have four athletes every week deserving of it. <laughs> this is something we <laughs> didn't think tough, through. That's a tough thing. And this is Chicago. Like, what did we expect? <laughs> yeah. Um, but anyway, if we do have four stars of the week to bring up, it'll be on the website, fourstarpodchi.com. Got our other blog posts up there. But with all that being said, we'll transition into our complete 180s where we each get three minutes to talk about anything that we feel like. And uh, Andrew, you're up. Floor is yours. Yeah, so I wanted to talk about some college football that happened over the past weekend. It was a pretty loaded schedule, but one of the biggest games was obviously Colorado going up against Oregon. Um, Turned out the game itself was very underwhelming because Oregon just kicked the living shit out of Colorado in this game. Like, just really just really put it to them shows how shows that Colorado's got a little bit of a ways to go despite all the hype they got. But what I want to talk about here is the whole narratives going around because so there was a video of uh, Dan Lanning. He's the coach of Oregon um, in his pregame speech uh, where he's talking about um, basically how Colorado they're in this for clicks. We're in this for wins and all that stuff. And a whole bunch of people jumped on that and you have on one side, you have all those people who already don't like Deion Sanders at Colorado anyway, who are basically like, yeah, that's all you humble with them. Uh, show them what's up and all that stuff. And then you have the others who are like going after Dan Lanning and his, and his speech basically saying that like, you know, well, wow, that's really corny. Like you guys are, are 
doing this for clicks too, obviously. And I'm just sitting here just like, hold up, hold up, hold up. This is all good stuff here. Why can't we have really fun rivalries in college football anymore? Why does everything have to be so watered down and boring? And it just annoys me. The entire narrative surrounding Colorado with people getting pissed off at, at Deion Sanders for whatever reason, because he's decided to do something differently or whether it's coded. I, I don't want to accuse anyone of this, but whether it's maybe coded racism uh, on their part for constantly criticizing him for doing things his own way. Like Deion Sanders is good for the sport of college football. Mm-hmm. Like he brings an excitement. He brings a flair. He's doing something different. He's putting a program that, has typically never been on the map. He's putting them on the map. Like these are all exciting things, right? You want to have a personality like Deion Sanders in your sport. And the fact that you have so many people who just want to tear him down for no reason, other than the fact that he's doing things a little bit differently and he's taking advantage of this of NIL and all the other stuff going on really pisses me off. And then on the other, other hand of this, like, like, of course you want, your head coach of the opposing team like Oregon to be pissed off at Deion Sanders to get his, um, you know, to get his players riled up like that. Like you want competitive rivalries in your sport. Like that's what makes compelling television is players generally not liking each other. Coaches genuinely not really liking each other, trash talking each other in the media, trash talking each other in their pregame speeches. Like that's all fun. Nothing that he said in his pregame speech is anything different than anything that I've ever heard from any coach at any level that I played at when you're going into a big game or a big rivalry game. None of that's like any different. So I think people need to chill the heck out, have some fun and just enjoy what you're getting from this product here. Right. That's all I can say because anyone who's complaining about anything that happened between those two this week is just, you're a crybaby, and you need to just like, just, shut up like it's seriously <laughs> have some fun for once in your life it's college football it's a stupid college football game like let them talk trash at each other that's what that's what we all enjoy so i don't know lighten up you pieces of poop <laughs> well said <laughs> no i i agree nice. with you i mean i don't think colorado was I think I've heard of them being on national television like twice before Dion got there. I can tell you, I never wanted to watch Colorado until Dion got there. It, he's making it exciting. He's bringing eyes. Like they to have the celebrities at every, every yeah. game. Yeah, that Colorado, the Colorado Colorado State game from two weeks ago. Jordan, you were at work. You, I mean, you watched the end. We watched the end of it. That was when yeah. I was in Arizona. Go That was one of the best college football games I've ever watched. It was must-watch TV. TCU was, was must-see TV. That was a great game, too. Like, it's yeah, just been great I mean, television. I don't know why we can't just enjoy it. I agree with you. Yeah. Well, sticking in the vein of college football, I, I, I like to think I'm about to make Nick angry. You might not. We'll see. But I might not. We'll see. So, for those of you that may have not watched in the past, Nick went to the University of Illinois and – Another reason, ladies, he's single, you should date him. He's loyal to a football program that sucks. <laughs> I'm, loyal to, I'm loyal to two football programs that suck. Yeah, consistently. Um, so Nick will always, on Saturdays, he'll message our group chats like, just so you know, you of I's on TV, I'm about to be really annoying for the next three hours. <laughs> and I will watch 
the U of I games just so that I can laugh at Nick. And eventually it got to the point he's like, all right, you need to pick a college football team because you have no skin in this game right now. And so I got to thinking, and I'm like, all right, you're right. I do need to pick a college football team. So U of I is already taken. Can't do that. Notre Dame, that's tied. Can't do that. Who cares about the Pac-12? I started thinking, are there any SEC teams I like? No, I don't have any pull there. I don't want to be a Georgia bandwagon fan. Alabama's annoying and is already taken by our friend Parker, who is also annoying. Shout out, Parker. I love you. But you're annoying when it comes to Alabama football. He's actually Clemson, one of the more reasonable Alabama fans that I've He met. is, and he's still annoying about Alabama. I'm kidding. Parker, I love you. I'm just I'm giving you shit on here. Um, Clemson, no. Tennessee, no. Like, all right, really? I'm a Midwestern guy at heart. I got to stick with the Big Ten, right? Don't want to do Michigan because I grew up in Illinois. Muck, Michigan. I, you know, Ohio State, nah. I, I get it, Justin Fields, but no. Purdue, who gives a shit about Indiana? Just in general, I mean, you drive through there and that's all it's good for. So, oh, Northwestern, they're garbage. I'm not trying to be a bandwagon fan, but that's that's too much garbage for me. I can't do it. So I got to thinking, and I, I finally made my decision. I'm going to go with the alumni of the Watt Brothers, University of Wisconsin, go Badgers. That's my college football team. Okay. Well, they've also sucked to start the year. so. But they've been good the last that's few fun. years. So I'm not totally that that's one of the reasons I like it too is I'm not junk like they've been good. They've been in the top 25 a few times in the last few years. I know they're not right now. So I'm not totally jumping on a bandwagon. Also, Parker's a Wisconsin fan too. He likes Wisconsin. Yeah, but he went to Alabama and that's more yeah. his team. Okay. Like I can I can kind of claim that's this. Fair. And I lived in Wisconsin for three years, so it's not like it's completely out of nowhere. All right. I don't, I don't, I don't despise it. I, was hoping I don't be. despise it. I would go to a game up there. They got a cool stadium. Hey, I've never been to Madison. And I, I, that's, there's that's awesome. a lot of things I never did when I was living in Wisconsin yeah. that I wished I would have going up to the Northwoods, going to Mnaqua, going to Madison for a UW football game is definitely one of them. So I've uh, I've been to, Wisconsin, to a Wisconsin basketball game. Not the same as a football game, obviously, but that was a fun, fun experience. And yeah, Madison on a weekend night is uh, – it's a good time from what I've good heard. Time. Again, I never did it. Pretty good time. I worked too much, but I heard it was fun. Yeah. So, yeah, there we go. Now I got to go buy Wisconsin stuff and wear the W everywhere. <laughs> not actually. I'm not going to. I mean, I might get a hat or like a jersey at some point, but I'm not going to go that far into it right off the bat. But anyway, Nick, your turn. <laughs> All right. For, uh, for my segment this week, I want to. I want to address this to certain some uh, to a certain someone, uh, Mr. Travis Kelsey. Um, it has come to my it has come to my attention that you are you may be seeing somebody new, somebody I don't know. She's a singer or something. I don't I don't know. I don't think she's she's not important. Whatever, whatever. Look, personally, you you can do what you want in your personal life. All right, you're you're a millionaire, two time Super Bowl champ. Live living the life. I get it but I need to have a very serious discussion with you. Like last week you were playing the bears. 
Okay. You're, you're basically playing a JV football team, right? Seven receptions, 69 yards. Nice. A touchdown. And most importantly, 19 fantasy points for me last week. See, Travis, I'm concerned that this new girlfriend of yours is going to impact your fantasy performance. And we just cannot have that. All right. I have $20 riding on the league that you're in. And I would very much like to win at least some of that money back. I probably won't because the rest of my team kind of sucks. But here's the thing. You were my keeper. You were my saving grace. You were out for me week one and I lost. Okay. I'm not saying that's Taylor's fault, you know, but I I just need to make sure that we're on behalf of everybody that has you on a fantasy team that used a first round pick on you, that used a keeper on you. I just want to have a heart to heart to know that we are on the same page and she's not going to affect your performance. Okay. Have fun and go score some touchdowns for me next week. All right. That's it. I'm done. It's a very low key. What age from you? <laughs> that is not going where I thought it was going to go. I was so ready and I, I was hoping for a Swifty rant. Oh, God, no. That would have been funny. No, I, I'm not trying to die, Jordan. Have, have you seen some of this? <laughs> These people have made a birth compatibility chart based on the star insane. signs of Taylor Swift and what they think Travis Kelsey might be. Because they know his birthday, but they don't know the time he was born. So they can't do the whole birth chart. But they're Swift, already doing that stuff. Swifty Twitter was learning football during the Bears-Chiefs game. <laughs> his on- jersey sales went up 400% on Sunday. 400%. So- so it's not to insane. go not to go into a ton of detail, but I have some personal experience with some Swifties. I'm telling you, they didn't know what a football was on Sunday. Within three, give it a week, they'll be able to read defenses better than Fields. <laughs> I'm 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 not I'm not kidding. They're they're intense. They're too intense. They are. I can confirm. Can yeah. confirm. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I. I'm, I'm right there with you, Nick. <laughs> Crazy. I've, I've heard some things. <laughs> it's it's uh, it's it's something. Uh, well, before Swifties come and break down our doors, <laughs> I don't think we, we said probably... anything bad. No, it was it was veiled. It was veiled. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think uh, about time to wrap up. We're about at the hour mark. So. Uh, Thank you all so much for watching us complain about our favorite teams because it seems like that's all we can do right now. They're not giving us much to be happy about. Except the Hawks. Least the Hawks. franchise. But it's, season hasn't started. Like, Just wait for the game games. Starts. I, it's, 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 they made, uh, the CHGO guys made this point on the Blackhawks podcast. It's not most functional. It's least dysfunctional. Ah. <laughs> oh, God. You know what? I just thought about the Bulls are coming up too. Oh, man. Yeah. That's going to be another train wreck. I wasn't going to talk about it. I wasn't going to bring it up because that's just going to be more depression. We we have one beacon of hope or at least something that isn't going to crush our hopes and dreams. And it's the These next few months are going to be brutal, guys. That's all I'm going to say. (laughs) With the the Bears, with the Bulls coming up, it's going to be rough. And the Cubs are going to make the playoffs and they're going to prove us all wrong. And everything's going to be sunshine, rainbows, and unicorn farts. It's going to be great. Anyway... I'm just so tired, guys. (laughs) I'm just so tired. (laughs) Really, this whole podcast is just a cry for help. (laughs) This is a therapy. This is just a therapy session. (laughs) You're allowing us to entertain you by therapizing to each other. So thank you for that. It's it's great. We love it here. 
anyway, I'm Jordan, <laughs> joined as always by Andrew and Nick. Uh, check us out on Twitter at fourstarpodchi and our website at fourstarpodchi.com. You can find Nick on Twitter at endicola21 and Andrew at ajfriedman25. Check out his other work for the Bear Report at 247sports.com where he does – I can't remember the name of your trench thing right now. Tracking the trenches. Tracking the trenches. I knew it was alliterative. Tracking the trenches. It's great stuff. Honestly, I'm not just saying that because he's on the podcast. I have been paying attention to it for years now because it's it's good stuff. If you like tracking the line reports. Uh, he's also on the Pick for Polls podcast. Uh, Ty will hopefully be back next week. Fingers crossed. I miss him. We love you. For those of you that are listening, we made hearts in all of our cameras with our hands. So uh, anyway, God, we're we're all broken right now. Um, Thank you for watching and listening. Make sure you like, comment, share, subscribe, all that fun stuff so that we can enter more people's ears and eyes. And uh, we'll be back ranting and raving again next week. Hope you have a good one.